0: Hello and welcome to Podstuff Rights, a horror podcast for busy people. I'm your host, John Locke, bringing to you a new horror pill every Friday at 5pm GNT on Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify and a bunch of other podcast aggregators. Today's episode is the second and final part of a story you probably didn't know about until last week when you listened to the first part here. It takes place in Northern Italy, where over 20 people are accused of having tortured, molested and possibly killed innocent children as part of their satanic rituals. But is the truth even more shocking? This is the story of the Bassa Devils. Let's start with a very, very quick recap. We are in a village in Northern Italy called Massa Finalese, the year is 1997, and D, a a child from a difficult family, tells his foster mom that his older brother, who is 18 at the time, played games under the sheets with his underage sister. A young psychologist, Valeria Donati, gets involved, and she uses a highly controversial technique called Progressive Disclosure on D to try and help him remember all the details. But with each interview, the story gets more horrifying. The child claims that multiple children were abused and multiple adults were the abusers. He talks about satanic rituals in the woods. Seven people are arrested, one of the accused commits suicide, the trial ends with harsh sentences, but the investigation continues. Every single difficult child in the Bassa Modenese area is now seen as a likely victim of abuse, and the claims get wilder. D says that there is a doctor or perhaps a mayor that leads satanic rituals at the local graveyard. He says that during these rituals, children are forced to dress up as vampires and drink blood so they can be reborn as children of Satan. And eventually he gives this doctor or mayor a name, Giorgio, and he says that he wears healed shoes and the social workers and the prosecutors decide that a doctor or a mayor with heel shoes called Giorgio means Father Giorgio, the truck-driving priest, and someone leaks the information to the press. Now, at this stage, there are no formal charges against Father Giorgio, but he's not stupid, he knows they're coming. After Sunday Mass, he reads a message to his congregation, where he says, the time of darkness is upon all of us, I prepare to be stoned, and yet I worry for you, because you may feel betrayed, you may feel disoriented. His congregation and the Vatican have absolutely no doubt that Father Giorgio is innocent, but the prosecutors are sure that he is, and he keeps adding details to his story. He now says that Father Giorgio has come to his school to intimidate him and that the Bishop of Cremona, a large city nearby, was also there. He also claims that Father Giorgio and his girlfriend, who just so happens to be this primary school teacher, have kidnapped him and hurt him multiple times. But every time he tells the story, the details change So first it happened at a restaurant, then it happened at a graveyard, and then it was in the school's bathroom. The story gets more sordid each day, and in the meanwhile, the details of the sentence from the first trial are released, and here the judges make it extremely clear that Father Giorgio is, in their opinion, the ringleader. Even the defendant who killed herself is brought into the story. Apparently, she used to be a prostitute. And Father Giorgio used to be a truck driver. So, according to the judges, it is plausible that they had met before and that they had engaged in a sexual relationship. Again, I've said this last time, last week, and I'll say it again. I'm not being dramatic. This is in the official records. I cannot make this up. Father Giorgio's house is searched, his computer is confiscated, but no proof of satanic ritual abuse is found because no satanic ritual abuse ever happened here. But the prosecutors keep pushing him and he is forced to confess something deeply personal. Of course, as a priest he cannot have sex, but even if he wanted to, he is not able to perform sexual acts because he cannot have an erection as a consequence of his diabetes. And yet, D keeps telling his stories. He is now talking about Bible burnings, bloody orgies, uh, children that are kidnapped in broad daylight, murdered, cut up and thrown into the river, and the river is searched, but no bodies are found because, again, none of this happened. The second trial, in which Father Giorgio is also a defendant, begins in 1999 and it is a complete and utter circus act. The prosecutors claim that Father Giorgio has installed a guillotine in the graveyard and has used it to decapitate children, and yet there is no trace of this guillotine whatsoever, and nobody seems to ever have seen it. And in the meanwhile, another family, the Covezzi, is involved in the scandal. At first, the accusation is actually neglect. Apparently, according to the prosecutors, they did not notice that their children had been repeatedly taken from their home to participate in satanic rituals. Again, I cannot make this up. But then, the children's interviews reveal even more sordid details. The grandfather, for example, appears to have molested his own granddaughter with a tree branch at the local public gardens in broad daylight. And the prosecution's gynecologist confirms the abuse. And yet, later examination will clearly show that the girl is still a virgin. It is now May 16 of the year 2000. The prosecutor demands 14 years of jail for Father Giorgio. Two days later, he has a heart attack and passes away. Thousands of people will attend these funerals in a last display of support for a good priest who was wrongly accused, but in the meantime, the second trial ends and the sentences are even harsher than expected. 157 years of jail in total for the defendants. Father Giorgio is spared because deceased, but he is very clearly identified again as the ringleader. So is this how the story ends? Well, not really. In the years after the second trial, the justice system has been able to correct its mistakes and old the dependents have been found not guilty, because they aren't guilty. Father Giorgio is now fully exonerated and so is his alleged girlfriend, this teacher. The Covezzi family are also found not guilty, although they have to endure an additional ordeal. The day after a member of parliament mentions them in a speech, their daughter suddenly remembers she had been molested by her father while the mother was watching, and for this accusation they are sentenced to 12 years in prison, although the sentence is later overturned. Today, the alleged victims of the Bassa devils all live with foster families. Some still claim that the satanic abuse was real, but others have come clean, and one of them is the the boy who started it all. He is now 31, and in an interview this year, he was extremely clear. None of the stories he told were true. He said what the psychologist wanted to hear in order to get out of those interviews that went on for as long as 8 hours. Imagine, you're a child, and you're forced to sit in a room for 8 hours with people asking you the same question over and over again. And, What about Valeria Donati, the psychologist who uncovered, so to speak, the abuse? Well, it turns out that she had a financial motive to keep drumming up the case, because she was paid 250,000 euros a year by the local health authorities to continue to look after the alleged victims after the trials. And her association, which allegedly... Has ties to the Church of Scientology, was involved in 2019 in another case of alleged abuse involving ordinary families, social workers and politicians in the small village of Bibbiano. And that too was a huge media story with zero substance underneath. And here too she used her tried and tested techniques long interviews and low-voltage electroshock therapy. She's still a licensed psychologist looking after vulnerable children. And if this doesn't send a chill down your spine, nothing will. And with this we've come to the end of our journey for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, as much as you can enjoy a, a story like this really if you want to share your opinion on this horrible ordeal that the Bassa devils so to speak went through you can do so either via my website which is anchor.fm forward slash podstuffwrites or via my own instagram which is thejohnlock thanks again for listening I'm John Locke this was podstuffwrites goodbye for now